This episode is sponsored by the Mighty Mighty Iron Galaxy. We make lots of games. You might even like a few. Follow us on Twitter at I to the G. That's I T O T H E G. Welcome back to Galactic Preservation Society's Save the Human Telethon. I am your host, Daub. And with me, from Reptilian Overmind Collective, is Shisk. <laughs> Thank you, Bob. Did you know that only one in 50,000 humans receives medically necessary probing to prepare them for induction into the Pan-Galactic Confederacy. Truly a heartbreaking statistic. The humans must be kept ignorant of our plans. This makes our work both difficult and expensive. But remember, for every Bitcoin that is donated, we are one step closer to protecting Solar System 4379-Z, known colloquially as the Earth System for 100 more years. Yeah, you are correct, Daub. With your donations, we have protected and guided the human race for thousands of years. With your ongoing support, we shall continue to protect and research these unique and fragile creatures. But of course, we are in need of new transporters for the cost of one dark matter converter. You too can help us maintain our fleet as well as our energy intensive cloaking technology to keep the humans docile and ignorant of our efforts. It looks like we are going to take a phone call from a donator. 
Caller, you are on the intergalactic air. Oh, hi, Dob. Long time listener, first time caller. It's so nice to see you and Shisk. I've been active with the Palladian Earth Initiative for decades. As a matter of fact, I'll be teaching some of them physics tonight. And I just wanted to say thank you for all the good work you're doing. I know I'm donating, and I'm giving it my all, as are me and my like-minded Palladian brothers and sisters. Mm, Thank you. Thank you, caller. We are very happy to hear from the Pleiadians. To give you some idea of what it is your donations seek to protect. We now present an example of the human cultural art form of singing. Just a small town girl living in a lonely world. She took the midnight train going anywhere Just a city boy Born and raised in South Detroit She took the midnight train going anywhere I think that midnight train's going nowhere (laughs) The the humans typically drink a lot of liquor before engaging in this custom. Don't stop playing! And don't don't stop playing. (laughs) Don't stop playing this episode. Hey everybody, I'm David Flora. Are you sure? No, I'm on a journey. And I am Shisk. I'm Dave Stecco. Welcome to Blurry Photos. That really hurts my neck. Not even just my throat, like my whole neck. Things yeah. have to get tight to make that sound. Well, you got to make sacrifices in order to uh, bring bring the people what they want. It's so true. And this is what you want. Uh, you want protection. Yeah. From everything that's out to get you. Yeah. And we're, you probably didn't realize you needed protection. And that's why we're here. We, we both create the problem and offer the solution at a modest markup. <laughs> of free. Yeah. Hope you're doing well. Yeah. Happy uh, late spring, early summer to you. I hope uh, I know that my mom is digging out of a snowfall in Colorado because that's just how May goes out there. Wow. Yep. We have a lot to talk about. I mean, David, are we going to be able to fit all this into just one episode? Yeah, I think we can do it. Okay, then. Let's let's try it. <laughs> Foreshadowing sound. got one of those i know you do i know you do (laughs) i've been listening to old episodes and i've been remembering some of the sounds that we've had yeah you'll probably just make a new one rather than try to find it no i will not (laughs) 
you know? <laughs> oh no! I'm I'm getting ready. I, I'm still I'm in Ireland right now. Oh, that's right. But when we're recording this, I am getting ready, which means I have to edit like a month's worth of episodes. Yeah, so that I can release them regularly. No, we're not going to be able to fit everything into one episode. Yeah. You suckers. You got yourself a dose parter. Dose patroni. Which we didn't plan on it being, but once we started doing the research on this thing. <laughs> it kind of yeah. landed at our feet. Yeah. you, you. I don't think you understood the precarious razor's edge that we as a species being human beings live on. Because we... We are like the righteous man who is beset on, on all, all sides. sides by the tyranny of, of the extraterrestrials. extraterrestrials. <laughs> and you will know my name is Bashar. <laughs> <laughs> when I lay my dolphin down before you. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Oh, gosh. So we're going to talk about, in two um, decent-sized episodes, yeah. we're going to talk about alien taxonomy. Yep. You know it because you already read the episode title. But, yeah, we did ghost taxonomy. We thought, oh. Alien taxonomy. How many? How many different little species green men are there? And, yeah, um, a lot. It turns, turns out. out there's a lot. And as I was going through, I told Dave. I said, "There's a lot of uh, cool stuff to set it up with. Right. Just a, a lot of of things that that could tie in, without even." going into the deep end of the pool. Yeah. What became, oh, this will be our brief intro became, oh, this could actually be its own episode. And yeah, uh, which became, it could be two episodes. Exactly. So, so to kick things off, let's, let's just start about, I mean, you know, we always talked about how we would never do um, like, we don't, you, we don't do like episodes on UFOs or or sightings or abductions or anything or Roswell. Yeah. So this is, this is going to be as close as we tangentially get to that. And we're going to, we're going to sweep a lot of it up in this net. Yep. Um, so yeah, so I think to start off, let's just talk about the the concept of extraterrestrial life. Right. Uh, are they out there? What are they doing? How, you know, how many of them are out there and, and why, why are we still wondering if they're out there? Right. I've got a, I've got a list of things to, uh, to hit on throughout the course of two episodes. And, uh, the list is as follows. We'll just generally define an alien. Like, what is an alien? What's defined as uh, other life? If he took her jobs, then an it's alien. an alien. Yep. I, I, and dude, I'm all about pronunciation. You got it wrong. It's Turker Jerv. <laughs> Turker Jerv. <laughs> or if you're in a rush, to Turker Jerv. Yeah. Uh, we're also going to, I found a couple of polls for how many people believe in aliens. Oh, I'm going to throw that in there. Uh, we've got Hynek's scale of close encounters. Nice. Very fun thing. Alien encounters throughout history. I've just got a, a peppering. Mm-hmm. We're, we're, we won't cause who's got time. We do. Every one of, of these things we're going to talk about. I, I told Dave, it's like aliens just in general is like the rainforest of subject matter. Yeah. Like we, there's a huge amount of resources, but it, it, it is finite, but you, you know, there's a lot of stuff We're in there. We're still going to clear cut from. a big patch of it just to do whatever we want. <laughs> oh, probably save the dis- displace, you probably displace some native peoples while we're at it. Please stop clear cutting the Amazon. <laughs> Watch medicine, man. Save the rainforest. Other things. I don't know. I'm just, what are you doing? Shut up. <laughs> I didn't Have you ever seen medicine, man? No, really? Sean Connery and that that chick. Oh, with the ants cure cancer? Something like they that. Eat, they eat his sugar and they cure cancer. Yeah, like they spit in a bunch of stuff and yeah, something. And he slides down a, I don't know. 
It's a good movie. You're all the man now, dog. (laughs) Whatever. But we're also going to talk about uh, the Drake equation and Fermi's paradox. Some actual physicists take on on extraterrestrial life and uh then we're gonna go spoilers not not the uh not drake the rapper (laughs) spoilers (laughs) then we're gonna go through different types of aliens yes races species whatever you want to call them we're We're gonna gonna get into the racial profiles of aliens Uh, and we might, uh, off it. we might top it all off with, with just some fun conjecture and talk about, you know, what, what do we do aliens want from us? What, yeah. do, what would they, what would they be doing here? How would they get here? <laughs> you know, I forgot to say earlier, but I'm just going to say it now, even though it doesn't fit Bojangles. <laughs> uh, as far as that intro goes, that was one of those that might not be too easy for you to listen to, but it was a hell of a lot more. F- it was fun for us to do. So that's why that happened that way. Hmm. <laughs> Win some, lose some, listener. Also, I toned down my my voice from the Bhutanese passport. <laughs> yeah, well, it's it's a great voice. It just I understand doing an Asian accent. Is you a, can't do it. You can't do it. You shouldn't yeah. do it. Won't do it. How about we start out here? Okay, we get uh, we we get everybody on board with what an alien is, and it's important. <laughs> you wouldn't think in these these this definition part would be important, but it is. It becomes very weird later on, <laughs> as as all things do. Now, when we say alien, uh, just right off the bat, of course, we're talking about an extraterrestrial, yep. something that is is um, any life which does not originate from Earth. Alien is is kind of the uh, the the layman's term for extraterrestrial. Yep. But since you got all this political talk about you know what. What can and can't be coming to the country in Turk or Derb, then, yeah. then you've got it. You can't say alien anymore. <laughs> and I don't feel like saying extraterrestrial. So just know we're talking about. Yeah, we're, we're going to say ETs, huh? I'm not saying ETs. I'm saying aliens. All right. We'll, we'll say aliens or ETs. And no one is going to get offended. Yeah. Sukalo sound. Is such a thing even possible? Yes, it is. Yes, yes it, it is. is. <laughs> Please. Yeah. <laughs> Begging you. So it, this could be anything from bacteria or viruses to sentient complex beings. Yep. The field of study for what may or may not be extraterrestrial life in all its forms is called exobiology. And that's something that we're not going to focus on. It might have been a little bit. We're, last we're gonna, time you're going to hear that word. Yeah, we're going to be talking about complex beings that supposedly originate from anywhere but Earth. Yeah, these are the these are the the organized, uh, sentient r- races of extraterrestrial entities that are ucking with our shit, right? Whether for our benefit or or contrary wise. Although it, it's very interesting to to think that even a even a little strain of bacteria could be considered extraterrestrial. Well, and it and it should be because it has I mean just uh just ask the Native Americans what happens when a few extra microbes start mixing in. Oh. Yeah, it it can get bad quickly. So yeah. just even even a an a, a non-native bacterium could easily rule this planet <laughs> or cause life to spring forth on the planet. If there's nothing on it but a warm, shallow sea. True, true. You know, what if it turns us all into those, uh, 
One of those, one of those uh, fungus zombies, clickers. What? Uh, from uh, The Last of Us. Did you ever play that game? I never played that. I never no. did either, but if they had or, a... Uh, you know what? The Flood from yeah. Halo. That's, yeah, there you that, go. That's what... The, the the premise of that game, if you'd never played it, which I haven't either, but I liked it as an idea, is that there was a um, a, a fungal infection that that people got infected with, and it functionally turned them into zombies. Now, this actually happens to arthropods. There's the, the cordyceps fungus in the Amazon, and it, it actually not only infects uh, insects and spiders, it alters their behavior. It actually... Uh, steals control of their their motor functions in their minds and makes them behave differently. They'll actually actively seek out high ground so that when the fungal spores break out of the exoskeleton of the insect, they get carried on the wind easier. It's kind of spooky stuff. But uh, for the purposes of this thing, like, oh, that's how... That's what their zombies are. They're humans that got infected with it, with a, a human version of this fungus, and they turned into these things called clickers. They they would just click, I guess. I don't know. Hmm. But the point being that uh, that yeah, even something as simple as a fungus, a spore, uh, a bacillum, uh, a virus, any of these things could easily wipe everything else out. Even mm. not even if it isn't directly. Um, for example, like the clickers or something like that, the, the infected attacking or, or taking resources from the uninfected. I mean, either way. Yeah. And if it doesn't originate from earth, that's just another right drop in the bucket. The, that's interesting to me just in the fact that there is, um, there's a theory that even fungus may be extraterrestrial. You've got systems that are, are connected and and help me out here if you if you know what the hell I'm talking about. Um, the underground system that's so complex, like there are known systems of fungus that are living in the soil that are so connected, but they're over a huge swath of land. Yeah, some of the the I think the largest discrete biological entities are these giant mega fungus that right. live underground, and I mean are and they're all connected though acres yeah large yeah. I aspen think trees also right 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 yeah aspen trees are, are the same kind of thing it's all an interconnected system and it's just you know it's a different way of thinking about what could be an extraterrestrial yeah which, and you know we're may, we may be dipping into a little bit too soon but well i also i think we should put the brakes on this because i'm starting to feel like man maybe mycology would be a cool future episode we mycology should, would be yeah yeah so really cool anyway that's 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 how this research has gone too. Right. It's like, whoa, my God! I just I thought it was a whole. Nope, it's yeah. it's a whole hollow earth. Let's move on. We we've got we we've sort of got a definition for alien life, extraterrestrials. Dave, how many how many people do you think believe in con- complex alien life existing? So and and I think henceforth we can say aliens, like you know, like do you believe in aliens? Right, that's what sure. you're asking. Sure. The kind that fly around in spaceships and are spying on us or whatever. It, whatever whatever kind you wanted to be. Okay. If there's something out there that's not human. Gotcha. Is there is there intelligent life elsewhere? Yeah. If I was going to guess, I would say 70%. That's my guess. 70% of of just whatever whatever number is is polled yep. would believe. Uh it it's interesting. The field of statistics obviously it can be trusted, but it can't because there's a lot of people on the planet. And most of them are fucking liars. And, 
and how do you how do you get an accurate feel for it? You know, even with a lot, even with tens of thousands polled, how do you justify right. that as a as a and and culturally you're going to have a lot of big differences. I mean, uh, here's a good question. You know, like you, it's a good probably a bellwether for the relative comfort of the of the people in a country in an ethnic area, mm-hmm. how much they worry about aliens. Uh, people in Syria, probably not very worried about aliens. Probably doesn't even show up on a list is my guess. Mm-hmm. You know, like it, people who uh, live in areas in Nigeria or Sudan, they're not worried about aliens. They're, they're worried about their next meal, about their safety, you know. So I think there's going to be a real cultural bend to that. Yeah, you're you're right on. You're You're right on the number. And... It's hard to quantify this. Uh, I found a couple of surveys that have been done in you know the last ten years. One of them is a t- uh, 2012 survey commissioned for National Geographic Channel's series "Chasing UFOs," uh, and according to the survey, 80 million Americans were apparently surveyed on whether or not they believe UFOs and extraterrestrials exist. According to the survey. Thirty-six percent thought they do exist. Oh shit! Seventeen percent thought they don't, and forty-eight percent weren't sure. So if you add the unsure to the people who do, then I'm sort of close. But other you're, than that, you're right I'm, on. Yeah, yeah, the, I'm not close. Then I thought I thought a well, lot more people would. But, well, um, I'll keep going here. About seventy-nine percent of those surveyed think the government has kept information about UFOs a secret from the public. Whoa. And 55% believe there are real-life men-in-black-style agents who threaten people who spot UFOs. If extraterrestrials showed up, I guess this was part of the survey, 22% would try to befriend the alien, 15% would run away, 13% would lock their doors, and 2% would try to inflict bodily harm. I don't know what would <laughs> that's that's still leaving people le- like what the hell do they do <laughs> right yeah it's not a very fifty eight percent of people would flash them with their yeah. genitalia <laughs> <laughs> is this what you came for but let's let's just add that to the list right that's what they didn't they can't print that so we we'll do it in the podcast and and so there and there's always that Big, you know, for people who are in, in into you know reading about ufology and things like that, disclosure—that's what they oh, call disclosure. it. But yeah, this mm. there will 2015 be the year of full that government. The disclosure. government is finally like, listen, right? We we've known about aliens since the 50s. Here's what's going on. Don't be scared. Yeah. And every year someone swears this is the year for, oh, Obama's going to, he's in two months, in, in 10 days, he's going to make this, this ground shaking declaration. And, and you know, you know what though I would look forward to about government disclosure to just watch nothing change, but just watch the coin flip sides. Oh, the government said that their aliens are real, but I think that they're liars. That's not for, you know, like. Oh, this, man. That, uh, that would happen instantly. Disgusting. But, and what if this, and I was just thinking about this, like, what if uh, one of the reasons the government isn't disclosing anything about aliens, what if they did have contact with aliens, say, in 1962? Okay. Cold War. Everyone's a little on edge. And aliens came down. There was contact. And they didn't. 
They didn't leave a business card. They just left. And we haven't heard anything ever since. Why well, disclose that? <laughs> like yeah. aside from saying, well, yeah, they're out there, but they like, they came here for like two hours and then left. And we've yeah. never heard a word or hide nor hair of them since. <sighs> so we don't, I don't know what there, that means. There's so many, there's so <laughs> many like what ifs. And yeah, I, right. I think we can, we can save that and get into that uh, later, especially like there's a lot of, uh, not only political implications, but religious implications oh, in there too. Yep. And just like, how would people deal with that mentally? Anyway, that's a that's a great teaser. Tease. One more thing. One more thing with this oh. survey, just to, oh. <laughs> to lend credence to the survey. They they asked one more question. Who Do you would like Creedence Clear, Clearwater Revival? <laughs> <laughs> what, what's your favorite ccr song how many candles do you put in the window <laughs> are you a fortunate son <laughs> um if you just got home from illinois <laughs> which door would you be looking at <laughs> but now that i say that is it is it looking out my back door or looking out my back porch i think it's door i don't i don't know god well in my mind right now in my in my semi-drunk mind right now it's door i thought doors felt better but i don't know i'm covering well the point is if if your Mary is proud, then you're yeah, good. That's right. You're rolling. You you're are. Rolling. You sir are, are rolling. rolling. <laughs> All right. So they added, anyway. They, they added asked, credence. Uh, they 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 did one more one more question. Who would you call if aliens showed up? Twenty one percent would call the Hulk. What? Twelve percent would call Batman, and eight percent would call Spider Man. Shut up. That's what it says. What this is was on there. Well, I mean, and who would the rest of the people call? Right. I would call my next door neighbor, Jerry, because he could fix Dude, things gotta, really well. Gotta, and gotta, he's intimidating. I got a $20 bet with him that aliens are real. So I'd be looking to collect right <laughs> away. Right. Um, the I, Hulk. Well, to be honest, of the three of them, only the Hulk can't be beat. Saved New York from an actual alien incursion. I, I, I'm sorry. A 30 second tangent. I can't stand the Hulk because he he's he can't be beat. But like nothing can stop him. But he's not under control. He's wow. I don't care. He's he's a big thing that is angry and violent. And that's his superpower. It's my superpower. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Brain, I did it to myself. Smash. I, I I hate the Hulk just for that reason. Angry, violent, that's a superpower. And I'm fine with the struggle between Bruce Banner and the, the entity uh, that's known as the Hulk. I just hate that his superpower is he, he the angrier he gets, he can't be beat the more invincible he is. I think it's great. I mean, a jet shot him. And he's just like, ow, jump, smash. Jets shoot lots of things that still live. All right. Name, name, uh, not, uh, some, name nothing comes to mind at anything the moment, else but anything else that whatever dude anyway that's my that's my beef with the whole superman i'm fine with superman yeah you would be you disgust me he's he's an alien yeah he is uh i got another i got another poll here okay uh <laughs> yes all, all damn day a 2010 reuters ipsos poll 
asked 23,000 adults in 22 countries if aliens exist and live amongst us disguised as humans. Now, this is this comes back to what you were saying earlier. 20% said that they did believe, just flat out did believe. More than 40% of people from India and China believe that aliens walk among us disguised as humans, while those least likely to believe in this were from Belgium, Sweden, and the Netherlands at 8% each. Hmm. The thought behind this was that areas that are smaller know each other more. Oh, that makes sense. And therefore... Less strangers. Yeah, less strangers. They're, they're not as apt to believe that aliens are among us. But those that were that had huge numbers of people, you know, in a concentrated area yeah. or, or whatever, you're not going to know everybody and therefore are going to be, I guess, a little more paranoid. Yeah. Which is it's interesting psychology. Alien psychology could be its own thing. Everything that we that we say could be its own episode. Right. I'm just saying this is the rainforest of of subject matter. We could have an entire episode of the fact that your next birthday cake will be the Incredible Hulk holding a Bitcoin. Just so you know, I'm gonna find the biggest battery <laughs> and I'm gonna launch it directly at your crotch. The majority of people polled. At a whopping 80%, didn't believe aliens are in our midst. And more men than women, 22% versus 17%, believe that alien beings are on Earth. Hmm. Uh, most of those believers were under the age of 35, and across all income classes, the survey showed, of those who did not believe most were women. It's because they got better things to do. Yeah, that's right. But we could talk ad nauseum about what we, people believe and why. I think we already did. But that's for another episode. If you can't wait, if you if you just need to know why why people think uh, of this, like why people think aliens exist or, or what they're doing, you can find a published study on this very subject in the Applied Cognitive Psychology uh, Journal, where researchers at the universities of Westminster and Vienna have identified a proverbial host of factors that appear to correlate to belief in UFOs. And this includes gender, politics, religiosity, (laughs) intelligence, fantasy proneness, even certain psychological disorders like schizophrenia. Though you might have to pay to read it for some dumbass reason. Paywall. I tried to, I tried to get to the PDF of the, the abstract and, it was like six dollars if you want a shitty rental of it. Jesus, and like thirty dollars if you want to actually get it. It's like why you're in a library? Yeah. Oh, polls are fun. That's that's fun. Yeah. Uh, it, it's in no way an indication of the entire planet how people view stuff, but it's a couple of recent snippets in into pop culture belief. I guess. Let's talk about the Heineck scale or Heineck. Oh scale. yeah, yeah. This is the. Uh, the kinds of close encounters. Well, yeah. First, second, and third kind. Yeah. Only one of which merits a movie. <laughs> um, there is a system of classification of personally witnessing alien life and UFOs, which was created by an astronomer and ufologist named J. Allen Hynek in 1972, called Hynek's Scale. Sightings of extraterrestrials and UFOs 500 feet or more are classified as one of three types. 
nocturnal lights. <laughs> Those are lights in the sky, by definition, at night. Daylight discs. What? This? Just go with it. Okay. <laughs> UFOs seen in the daytime, generally having a discoidal or oval shapes. Discoidal is a word. Yeah, that means no coitus. Radar visual. Or UFO reports that seem to have radar confirmation. Semi-legitimate. Uh, yeah, I mean, and these are, I, we. those are the ones you hear about a lot. Like, oh, in 1968, I was flying missions over Da Nang, and I was tailed by something, and the tower was like, we've got positive radar confirmation. There's a bogey on your tail. And I was like, that bogey's a giant ball of green light, and I right. keep, swear to God, it's f***ing with me. There's no shortage of those stories. Which we will uh, mine yes. at, yes, at, at our leisure this summer. At closer than 500 feet, they are classified as three other types. Close encounters of the first kind. Visual sightings of an unidentified flying object seemingly less than 500 feet away that show an appreciable angular extension in considerable detail. Wow. What? Lots of words. What, what is appreciable angular extension? Maybe that's the uh, the the things that stop on a dime and and then suddenly go the opposite direction or something. See, I I thought just, turns I thought just the opposite uh, appreciable angular extension. I, I, I was thinking like structural, like a control, oh structural like maybe a control surface, like a like a, yeah wing or a fin or, or, or mm, gosh, we're 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 great right, at our job. Yeah, well, I don't know what the. Okay, moving on. Close encounters of the second kind. A UFO event in which a physical effect is alleged. This can be interference in the functioning of a vehicle or electronic device, animal reacting, physiological effects such as paralysis and heat or discomfort of the witness, some physical trace of impressions of the ground, scorched or otherwise affected vegetation, or a chemical trace. Close encounters of the third kind. UFO encounters in which an animated creature is present. These include humanoids, robots, and humans who seem to be occupants or pilots of a UFO. There have been extensions and subtypes added since Hynek's original classifications, though they are not universally accepted by the UFO research community due to being more conjecture than actual science. Four more to add to the encounters scale are as follows. Close encounters of the fourth kind. A UFO event in which a human is abducted by a UFO or its occupants. This type is not included in Hynek's original close encounter scale. UFOlogist Jacques Vallig argues that the Journal of Scientific Exploration that a CE4 should be described as, quote, cases when witnesses experience a transformation of their sense of reality, end quote, so as to also include non-abduction cases where absurd, hallucinatory, or dreamlike events are associated with UFO encounters. That's, I can tell you what that is. That is the ending of uh, Communion, the Whitley Strieber movie with Christopher Walken, where he's wearing a top hat and shit gets real weird. I don't think I'm familiar with it. You've never seen Communion? I don't. I don't think so. I've seen Fire in the Sky. Oh no, Communion is great. I, I read it as a book like forever ago in the '80s. It's uh, uh, ostensibly a true story uh-huh. written by this guy named Whitley Strieber or Striber about uh, being abducted. Um, from his, he had a, a home in the mountains. I don't, I don't actually recall where. And he had, he, it, they were repressed. He would remember seeing an owl with large eyes. He would remember there was, there were hypnotic suggestions put in his head, according to him. Um, and when he was able to finally get through them, he recalled 
being abducted by greys, by classic greys. Okay. And it, I just remember that the end of it gets super weird. Like it gets like David Lynch weird where uh, (laughs) Christopher Walken is wearing like a top hat and a tails and like the aliens parts of them are coming apart and you realize, oh, what you thought was a gray face is actually like a face mask for a different kind of alien or is he hallucinating that part? Jeez. But I, I think that this um, Jacques Val. Jacques Vallée. Yeah, I think Jacques Vallée is full of shit, and I'll tell you why. He's, you know, he's saying, well, what if, why can't we include in this people who feel like they've been abducted? I, I had a weird dream. Now I've had a close encounter of the fourth kind. I don't, I don't, I don't like that, and I, I think it muddies the waters of an already pretty muddy water. Okay, I see. I, I would say he's probably coming from a place where it's like, since people are more than likely drugged, for lack of a better term, like they're they're put under something to make them forget that they're abducted, you know? Right. That that that's the best they can do is think that it's a hallucination or. Or a story or a dream that they've made up. But see, but by that definition, remember that dream I told you about that I had? Yeah. That would mean that I have been a part of a close encounter of the fourth kind because I had a dreamlike event that was associated with a UFO encounter. I, and I, that, I don't think that's legit whatsoever. I Well. Maybe I'm just protecting myself and my fragile psyche. <laughs> maybe. From the reality that surrounds me like hungry sharks. It, it's kind of a way of protecting because uh, if it if that's what happened, how, how would you know right. that I, that happened, you know? But so. I mean, I, in the, I mean, I don't know if it's Occam's Razor or whatever, but what's more, Occam. <laughs> what's, what's more likely that I had a bad dream? Right. Or that I, I know. You know I, I know mean, what you're saying. I, I'm I'm not disagreeing. I'm, I'm playing devil's advocate with Jacques. Yeah, but the good news is that's it. There's there's only four kinds. There's no. I mean, that's it. There's just the fourth kind. Except anyway. what? Close <laughs> encounters of the fifth kind. <clears throat> A UFO event that involves direct communication between aliens and humans. So named by ufologist Stephen M. Greer's Sesti Group. These are described as bilateral contact experiences through consciousness, voluntary, and proactive human-initiated cooperative communication with extraterrestrial intelligence. Uh, and to slow it down and... and to <laughs> I'm just really, really glad I got through that. That was... A, I'm impressed with myself. What is a bilateral contact experience through conscious? It means that I'm talking to you and you're talking to me. We're both choosing it. Both sides of the communication oh, okay. are, are participants. But it's telepathic? Well, no, but, but we're both... I'm not drugged or being hypnotized while you interrogate me. Like we're both conscious. We're both sitting here. Like when we walk Having away, a discussion. We're both going to remember this when we walk away from this. You know, this. I is see. A, okay. This, yeah, it's the difference between voluntary and proactive, human initiated. Yeah, that's interesting. Cooperative communication. So a human's like, "Hey, aliens, talk to me." Yeah, and they're like, "Okay." Well, and this is where you get uh, channeling. This is where you get uh, Ashtar command. This is where you get people who you know, like my. I, I, I told you the story. Mm-hmm, my mm-hmm. my friend's mom. She she. Had the headband that she yeah. wore with the and then crystal surgery the stakeums, uh-huh. <laughs> oh, stakeums. But yeah, human initiated. Ring, ring. Mm-hmm. Are you there, Ashtar? It's me, Margaret. <laughs> I see. Okay, cool. Yeah. How about uh, close encounters of the sixth kind? So wait, does this end with 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 people? Just 
Does this end with people banging aliens? Yes. Go. Damn it. Keep going. Jesus Christ. Of course. All right. All right. (laughs) Close encounters of the sixth kind. Death of a human or animal associated with UFO sighting, although some might consider this a more severe example of a second kind encounter. So it's just dying from aliens. This includes cattle mutilation, right? It's the weight. You're trying to tell me they traveled hundreds of thousands of light years just to pop some old guy and take his groceries? Man, you, you can, can keep, keep this, this galaxy. Kind. Oh. <laughs> this galaxy. <laughs> Sometimes we hit it. Yeah, I know. But no, this is this is cattle mutilation. This is uh, uh, death death by transport beam. Um, right. You get sm- squished by a uh, landing gear. And, the, and I forget what I, I always say. It's D.B. Sweeney because that's the actor who played it. But it was the <laughs> I forget what the guy's name was. But the fire in the sky story said that he saw dead people. Travis Walton. Travis Walton. Thank you. He saw dead people on the ship. Hmm. Well, so yeah. they, they got their sixth kind. That's true. And they didn't live to tell about it. Um, How do they know? How do they know? Uh, and then finally, we've got close encounters of the seventh kind. Your favorite. My favorite. Our favorite. <sighs> the creation of a human-alien hybrid either by, oh, sexual reproduction, or, hey, artificial scientific methods. Mm. Oh, I got a method you can use. What, what's that method? You can see, you can use my beaker. What's in your beaker? Chemicals. What kind of chemicals? A cocktail of chemicals. Like, like, I don't understand what you mean. Like 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 actual chemical compounds or do you mean like it's I just put a I poured a, a mixture that you put inside yourself. What part of myself? All parts. So I could put this in my eyes and nothing bad'll happen? Oh yeah. I could dip my toes in it. If you won't. I gotta tell you, you're you're being very vague. It's hot. <laughs> Oh, so yeah, there's your yeah, seventh. Yeah, try, although, try. I, although I love humankind is like, dying's easy. Now banging an alien. <laughs> That's harder. That's seventh level shit. <laughs> that, now, again, keep in mind that fourth through seventh here have been added uh, not by Heineck himself. No, these are by the same people who watch tentacle porn. <laughs> You don't know that. You don't know that. You can assume that, but you don't know that. <laughs> it's a safe assumption. But those are, that's your that's your close encounter skill. Made famous after the uh, the movie. Made made a little more famous. Not not. I, I guess famous isn't quite the term. <laughs> the famous. Well, I mean, it just it brought it to the consciousness of people that mm-hmm. yeah, there is a scale and people do quantify how these things happen. And I I guess and there's. Actually, for most of my life, I mean, up until just a few years ago, I always thought that that it was a trilogy for no reason. I just was like, oh, of the third kind, that was the third movie that they, you know, each movie was, it got a little weirder. I don't know why I thought that, but. You so, but you have seen the movie, right? Yeah. The Steven Spielberg yeah, movie, with the, Close Encounters of the Third Kind. The famous mashed potatoes scene. Ah, wah, 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 wah. Do you. Do you say yes? Do you agree with that as being a, a close encounter of the third kind, according would, to the scale? Oh, uh, in the movie. In the movie, uh huh. Yeah, yeah. They they were there. The animated creatures were present. You couldn't make them out because of all the light, but that you saw them moving around there. There was uh, an attempt to communicate made, uh-huh, uh-huh. and then yeah. all the abductees got released. 
Yeah. Spoiler. <laughs> yeah. So you don't have to watch that. No, you do because you have to watch uh, Richard Dreyfus. Yeah, you gotta watch Dreyfus. You gotta watch Dreyfus. Try to communicate with the aliens. Richard, Richard, uh, we're all out of mashed potatoes. What? <laughs> um, we. That was the one thing in my contract. I wanted mashed potatoes. Also, uh, the last scene is going to be uh, filmed in Southern Florida, uh, and not Wyoming. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it! Um, <laughs> let's then move on to um, alien encounters in history. Yeah, historical accounts. Now we're not going to go uh, super in depth with this. We're in, not even going a little in depth with this. That's how in depth we're not going to go. Because again, that that could be its its whole separate entity, its own podcast. Right, and and let's let's be honest. I mean, this thing is. You you just listened to a whole episode almost about alien taxonomy, and we haven't even talked about the alien types thing. of aliens. Yeah, so we God help set us. Them up. Yeah, we might have to rename this first one, maybe or change the title or something. Well, you can't you can't bowl without the pins being set up, but it's still bowling when when you do set the pin. There, there's a metaphor in there. So I'll, I'll just I take your word for it. Please do. Tell me about the Bible. <laughs> well, before we get into to that, uh, there's a whole world of discussion about aliens in in ancient times through mm-hmm. the present, and, and you know they they might even make a, a show about it one day. I don't know. Suclo <laughs> um, <laughs> sound. Is such a thing even possible? Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Yes. And, and some mother. They- is going to get paid a lot of money for it. It's but fun. He can't afford haircuts. <laughs> it, he can afford jail for sure. Is he in jail? Uh, no. <laughs> Hair gel. Oh, I thought you said. I thought that was. I'm a, sorry. I'm getting drunk. I'm getting that, real drunk. I thought that was a Kentucky jail. 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 That was a Kentucky jail. Yeah. And, and that that means that mean that means something you put in your hair. Uh, listen, everybody. <laughs> I'm making up for for young. Uh, yeah, because I, I ran out of beer. Drunk, dude. I ran out of beer, so I I'm going heavy on the bourbon and coke right now. Yeah. Hey, thanks for writing in for what you like. Uh, your, how you like to take your your bourbon? Bourbon and cocaine is what he was saying. <laughs> nope, nope. <laughs> Come I, on. I have not. I have not snorted cork snort. Uh, co- I have co- co- snort for fun. I haven't. haven't co- all right. All right. Okay. Uh, let's see. Now it, it's fun to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I knew it. It's fun to speculate on ancient medieval <laughs> chronicles. Said, said spankulate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it is fun to spankulate. It's fun to speculate on ancient and medieval chronicles of what seemed to be UFOs and extraterrestrials. However, we can only guess and interpret what these myths and legends were truly about. But that's okay. We'll do it. Yeah, we will. Some interpretations lead researchers to believe we've been visited before, as in an old Chinese tale which talks about a far-off, quote-unquote, land of flying carts inhabited by one-armed, three-eyed people riding winged chariots with gilded wheels. Uh, <laughs> that's pretty... I like that. That's getting wild. That's word jazz. Yeah, that's... Every, every word is a new journey in that sense. <laughs> Uh, the Sanskrit text of the Drona Parva, part of the Indian epic, the Mahabharata, talks about aerial dogfights between gods piloting flying machines called 
Vimanas. Yeah, Vimanas. And I think we brought that up before. We've That's a pretty that. famous chunk of the Vedic text. Yeah, and we'll we'll probably get back to that at, at a future date. But a very interesting um, part of the globe that hi- history-wise, nobody, uh, I don't think, on, on our end of the hemisphere gets talked about a lot. No, no. Not hemisphere. Well, Western. Uh, one, I'm just kind of digging the hole right now. I'm just, <laughs> yeah. just, I, I'm going to town on the hole. <laughs> Whatever. In America, we don't talk about Indian history and, and literature, so... We don't care about it in America, because it's not part of America. Uh, but but we should, because it's very interesting. We'll get back to that one day, I'm sure. Uh, according to one translation of this, during the battles, quote, a blazing missile possessed of the radiance of smokeless fire was discharged, end quote. Hmm. Yeah. Another part of the epic tells of an attack on an enemy army and it goes like this it was as if the elements had been unfurled the sun spun around in the heavens the world shuddered in fever scorched by the terrible heat of this weapon elephants burst into flames (laughs) the rivers boiled animals crumpled to the ground and died the armies of the enemy were mowed down when the raging elements reached them Forests collapsed in splintered rows. Horses and chariots were burned up. The corpses of the fallen were mutilated by the terrible heat so that they looked other than human. Pretty crazy. Yeah, that's super crazy stuff. Now, there is that, uh, the old old thing going around (laughs) our circles about there being a nuclear war on the Indian subcontinent. Yeah. And I, I don't know if that's something I've just read when, you know, doing research for their episodes or if that's a, if that's a thing that, that we've covered in here. I, we haven't really covered it that much. It's, it's stuff that we, I think have seen and read more. It, it's definitely on, <sighs> but there, it, it, it merits looking at sometime in the near future. I think, no, I agree. There's there's vol- volcanic glass or something that's that's made in a place where there shouldn't be something like that. That's well, that's kind of like a teaser for right. Yeah, what you I mean, gosh, about. and I mean I don't know. Does that fall under kind of like an Uparts kind of thing? I I think it's ancient aliens. You know, in a way that it's like civilization and technology before humanity thought there was civilization technology. Right. Yeah. I mean unexpected thing now what's silly is if you're if you're that advanced but you're still dropping nukes that to me doesn't add up but right it's fodder for a future trough that we're gonna stick our faces in and just pig out with oh let's move on even biblical art has been known to show interesting images even the bible can be interesting (laughs) <laughs> no, art, 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 <laughs> interpretation, such as the 14th century fresco depicting the crucifixion, which also has two men in separate triangular shaped objects with fins watching the event from the sky. Chrononauts? <laughs> no, it's a chrono exclusion zone. <laughs> That's right. Have possibly been him. Um, have you seen this? You know what I'm talking about? No, I do. I do. I did see something else though. It's that I'm going to add to this. It's the it's the crucifixion of Christ. the The sky is is a dark blue, 
and on the right side of it, there's like a little silver craft, well, a little silver triangular kind of thing with a guy sitting in it. On the left side, there's a little orange thing with a guy sitting in it. Here's the deal. Could just be the sun and the moon. Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. I mean, hell if I know. But uh, if you saw it, I bet you'd recognize it. It is a chrono exclusion zone. I mean, we've we've covered that. There's also the Renaissance painting of the Madonna and Child with the infant St. John, which shows a small oval object in the sky radiating light over her left shoulder, the Madonna, and a distant onlooker watching it, maybe? <laughs> Sometimes you like to watch. It's, it's a little... It's real strange. Now, the the going thought is that it's just an angel, but that angel's either real small or real far away. Uh, man, it's it's ripe for, for this sort of interpretation. I'll say that. Well, you know, I uh, speaking of ripe for interpretation, uh, when I was researching this, I came across uh, a recent news story that there is perhaps an alien in a little painting called the Mona Lisa ever heard of it? No. Did you see that at all? Um, I think I've, I've heard it before, but I didn't see it in this research that, uh, that Leonardo da Vinci had as he, you know, people know that he was fond of hiding things in his pants, pants <laughs> in his, uh, in his work. And one of the things that he had, uh, according to some folks hidden, that if you put, if you mirror image the Mona Lisa at just the right distance, and then, I mean, it's, it's like, sure, God, sure. It's a really great because <laughs> it's like, then you enhance, then you dehance, then you rehance. You can almost see a gray alien. I mean, it's, you're really, really super reaching for it. But that's, hmm. yeah, that's what I saw. Hmm. Also, I mean, it's, it's art. It's not like it's a photograph from, I, I don't know. That's, that's a, Probably a dumb, I don't know, dumb point to bring up. But um, sightings, of course, continue today. And in fact, it just, you know, the number grows with every year on who sees UFOs and this and that. The whole sightings thing, that's that's an episode in itself, too. Yeah. And, you know, yeah, interpreting old images of, I mean, and that's the thing. Just think, just, just walk with me through this sentence interpreting 15th century paintings accounts of things that happened a thousand in a a book. Yeah. uh, Over a thousand years before. And they were all religious events. I mean, people you're going to, you're going to see a lot of aberrant things. People are going to be including things that are important. We are no better today at this sort of thing. You know, like we're just as wild and crazy about our religions as they were then. We're better at using the word apparent. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> How much did that cost you? <laughs> it was worth it. $50 word. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, Mr. Freeman. <laughs> Back so, home when I was growing up in Mississippi. Well, Mr. Freeman, read me the Bible now. Aliens and <laughs> the Bible. It's funny because a lot of people think that the Bible is the definitive text on all we need to know about UFOs. Well, it has all the answers. That's what they keep telling me. Usually it's Saturday at about four o'clock when they roll by my apartment. (laughs) I've picked out a, a few passages here from the Bible that are very interesting. 
to say the least. And I'm going to start with Isaiah 13, 5. Chapter 13, verse 5. They come from a far country, from the end of heaven, even the Lord, and the weapons of his indignation to destroy the whole land. Is that a blatant aliens reference? No. Yeah, no. Do some people think it is? Yes. First yes. Corinthians chapter 15, verse 40. There are also celestial bodies and bodies terrestrial, but the glory of the celestial is one and the glory of the terrestrial is another. That's about angels and humans getting it on. In Corinthians? I don't know. They've left that behind in Genesis. <laughs> what about 2 Kings 2.11? I like this one. Behold, there appeared a chariot of fire and horses of fires and parted them both asunder. And Elijah went up by a whirlwind into heaven. This is uh, this is a big one. This is a a uh, a red flag. Red flags are bad. This is a green flag. In now, well, green flag means go. This is a yellow flag. Caution. Oh, okay. Yeah. There's a yellow flag in the Bible. Elijah ascending into heaven. Uh, he's he Elijah the prophet. He has done his his job. The Lord is calling him home. How does he do it? Well, he he beams him up. You motherfuckers. He beams <laughs> him up. Yeah. There's, there's a, a big, big show about it. Yeah, there's a big, there's a fiery chariot. He uh, goes up in a do. whirlwind. Yeah. I mean, you could, I mean, you could even say he gets in a damn Apache helicopter <laughs> and takes <laughs> off. <laughs> and why not? Yeah, that's awesome. I don't know. That's 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 one, but it gets better. It gets better. For what do we have next? Zechariah chapter six verses one through seven. And I turned and lifted up mine eyes and looked, and behold, there came four chariots out from between two mountains, and the mountains were mountains of brass. In the first chariot were red horses, and in the second chariot black horses, and in the third chariot white horses, and in the fourth chariot grizzled and bay horses. There There were no more chariots after that. Then I answered and said unto the angel that talked with me, What are these, my lord? Knowing full well they were multicolored horses, of course. (laughs) And the angel answered and said unto me, These are the four spirits of the heavens, which go forth from standing before the Lord of all the earth. The black horses which are therein go forth into the north country, and the white go forth after them. And the grizzled go forth toward the south country, and the bay went forth and sought to go that they might walk to and fro through the earth. And he said, Get you hence, walk to and fro through the earth. So they walked to and fro through the earth. So so, so they walked to and fro through, through the earth. Okay, I feel like you put that part in just to f with me. I, I did end. not. It's in the Bible. <laughs> well, I, 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 mean, I know, but that one doesn't nope. seem very... Bay caught me apocalypse and <laughs> still, still love him, him though. <laughs> uh, yeah, it doesn't seem very, very aliensy to me. Well, the for, the first part of it, if you if you think of uh, four chariots between two brass mountains and the red horses, black horses, I mean fire, smoke, white horses, grizz. What what the hell's a bay horse? I don't know. It says grizzled. I mean, is that like emaciated? Is is it old? Is it Yeah, is that a reference to the the 
I don't know. Something it's about a sick horse. Sick horse? And doesn't it sound apocalyptic, though? In it's a not way? what he said, you ignorant son of a bitch. <laughs> He's quoting the Bible. <laughs> Everything comes back to Tombstone. Oh, that was oh, great. Man. That was awesome. I got to slide that hook in. <laughs> we, we might be creating a bumper sticker at this yeah, point. Yeah, no doubt. Everything comes back to Tombstone. Yeah, that's um, my Bible. <laughs> um, Tombstone is my Bible. Is, that's interesting, though, right? Um, I mean, if you think of the Four Horsemen, and then you're thinking of Zechariah here, you've got uh, Red Horse, Black Horse, White Horse, and More then, Horse, and then uh, One Horse, Two Horse, Red Horse, Blue Horse, <laughs> right? I, I yeah. don't know. I'm 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 trying to draw parallels for for funsies, right? Um, and you can, I mean, it's the same that you could say, you know, like, for example, the, the description of the beast in, in Revelation. Yeah. That's an alien. There's a number of, of things in Revelation that could be attributed to uh, alien yeah. entities. By far, though, the, the most popular alien connection in the Bible happens to be uh, in the book of Ezekiel, chapter 1. Uh, verses 4 through 28. And you will know my name is the law. And, and I lay my aliens upon you. Why is Gomer Pyle doing I don't know. It's just the way it went. We're going to, let's read verses 1 through, I don't know, 8 or so. Turn in your Bibles to verses 1. And then and then we'll jump ahead a little bit and finish up. But these are the the big things that people are like, oh, Bible aliens, Ezekiel, right? And I looked, and behold, a whirlwind came out of the north, a great cloud and a fire enfolding itself, and the brightness was about it, and out of the midst thereof as the color of amber, out of the midst of the fire. Also out of the midst thereof came the likeness of four living creatures, and this was their appearance. They had the likeness of a man, and every one had four faces, and every one had four wings. Jumping ahead to verse 15. Now as I beheld the living creatures, behold one wheel upon the earth by the living creatures, with his four faces. The appearance of the wheels and their work was likened to the color of a barrel, and they four had one likeness, and their appearance and their work was as it were a wheel in the middle of a wheel. When they went, they went upon their four sides, and they turned not when they went. As for their rings, they were so high that they were dreadful. And their rings were full of eyes round about them four. And when the living creatures went, the wheels went by them. And when the living creatures were lifted up from the earth, the wheels were lifted up. That just confused the shit out of me. It's very confusing. I don't, there was wheels but and faces. aliens. Okay. But aliens. Okay. But aliens. All right. But aliens. <laughs> I'm a butt alien. Nice. Pro, pro, pro. <laughs> well, I'll say this that I mean, I mean, okay. We, wheels, wheels within wheels. Wheels within wheels. Four faces, four Whirl, wings. Whirlwind, cloud. And the wheels didn't turn with them. And they lifted a creatures. I mean, they have done a lot of speculation into this. A lot of artists have just been, it's like, here's, here's what we're describing. Just draw it. Yeah. Just draw what we're de- describing. 
I, you know, it's it's interesting. I'll I'll say the in the least, it's interesting to to think of this. But then again, you know, it's it's just it, somebody's writing this pretty imaginative writer. I don't know. That's uh, that's maybe a different discussion. But um, <laughs> this is the the biggest. Uh, what do we say? Yellow flag for uh, aliens in the Bible is Ezekiel. Yeah. Right. Just just from this passage alone, and it's a it's a long chapter, like uh, going on about how there may or may not be uh, aliens, and it, it's not that it's saying there uh, may or may not be aliens. It's just describing the glory of the Lord to you know what Ezekiel saw. So it's fun. It's fun to to just even think about what if the Bible, the most popular book in the world, was. <laughs> was the okay dave just looked up a picture of, <laughs> yeah i had to of an artist there's been a ton of artist renditions of, of what yeah, this describes he, they're all great what it, it, he just looked up one that was like four <laughs> uh four gyroscopes on top of a like a slab of land with a cloud above it and a rainbow right yeah <laughs> isn't that what that was anyway yeah, it's. I can it's, see why people think there may be aliens involved. I, I make the connection like, like, yeah, I, I'm right there with it. I'm right there with it. You're not. No, but I just, you know, I don't. Because you believe in the glory of the Lord. Forever and ever. Amen. No, I just, it doesn't seem like, I don't know. It, it's a, that's a confusing. I mean, first of all, I think that when you said about personally interpreting a religious document you've already lost you have pre-messed it up uh having said that i would say what if that is a i mean look at a person trying to use words to describe a very intense and weird image um something that perhaps like a tesseract um not not the avengers tesseract but an actual tesseract you know i have no idea what you're talking about okay uh (laughs) avengers or nothing avengers or nothing um, a tesseract. So just like, um, and this is, I mean, and I'm sure someone's come up with this before and God help me from what I'm about to say, but like, imagine a flat paper cross. Okay. And it's, you know, it's, it's four cubes high, three cubes across, right? Okay. That is a two dimensional representation of something that can be folded into a three dimensional cube. Okay. A tesseract is a three-dimensional object that is a representation of something that can be folded into a four-dimensional object. And what is four dimensions in that respect? Well, that's the thing. We can't can't comprehend it. Right. Okay. To my mind, if I get to interpret things however I want, and I do because I pay taxes, (laughs) and I wear cowboy boots. I don't own any cowboy boots, but... I want to get a pair of cowboy boots. I kind of do also. Um, (laughs) cowboy boot brothers but like imagine someone trying to describe like if they're if something is if they're having this this moment where they think that they're seeing something extra dimensionally and they're trying to cram all that back into words i don't know maybe i'm giving them too much credit no it doesn't have to do with aliens though and that's the problem and we gotta we gotta stop we gotta stop and we gotta we gotta we gotta put the brakes on and get this car back on the alien highway I see what you're saying. Yeah. I see what you're saying. It, the, it just boils down to interpretation of, of what somebody is seeing. They're using the best language they can to describe it. Right. And it doesn't necessarily have to mean that it's aliens. Yep. So, yeah, I, I completely understand that. 
I, I, I also understand the leap that someone would take to say that's an alien spacecraft. Right. That somebody is just using the, the language that they know to describe it as best they can. It's a whole lot of wheels on that alien spacecraft. Four. But there's wheels within the wheels. All right. <laughs> Gyroscopic. We have to stop talking about, about the conjecture stuff. <laughs> we got to start getting into either real science or fake science fiction. <laughs> well, we just need to start listing some aliens. And unfortunately, we're we out of time. Yeah, we're out of time. But you know <laughs> so what? So there's, there's your foundation. Who is going to get in a building that has no... Uh, that that's just like a door stuck in the ground. That's right. Windows that are that are just like propped up. Yep. I don't I don't even know what the fuck I'm talking about anymore. I just wanted to lay some foundation. That's all we wanted to do. <laughs> Flora, what kind of nutshell was this in? This this was in a historical Reuters uh, polled <laughs> <laughs> statistically analyzed tel- telethon nutshell. That you gotta you gotta give your bitcoins for because if not it'll it'll just kill itself off or the Hulk will smash it. I think we got some time for oh puns. we do oh we do we have time because that's what we do. So set it up in a way that okay. that I didn't pooch by being drunk. You got it. <laughs> hey Flar, you know you know sometimes you gotta go down to the basement. You gotta line all the holes up. And, that's, and then I'm you just gotta start banging them. You gotta start banging them, and that's the only way you can save puns. <laughs> Flora, do you want to start? You want me to go? Um, I want you to go. Okay. Okay. You know, um, linguists and uh, literary historians have been um, doing a lot of interesting research now about a, a time when literate gentry would, rather than uh, settle their disputes with um you know swords or, or pistols or anything mm-hmm. they would send these just scathing scathing uh, notes to each other and uh these just just brutal poems and in some cases they were so these these poems they, their ability to cut was so deep that that people would read them and die oh yeah those were prose encounters of the sixth kind <laughs> prose <laughs> Wait, poems aren't prose. F*** off. <laughs> poems are poems. <laughs> I don't know the difference. I I'm, studied I'm bugs. With you. I'm with you. <laughs> I, I, I get you, though. I get you. Along the same lines, though, there, there's a, a bar that you can go to where uh, people are just so weird when they get drunk. Mm-hmm. And they just they spout off about... The Bible? Who? Yeah, the Bible, politics, anything you can think of. Is it called Flora's Living Room? All right, you want to you want to do all the puns? You want to do all the puns? <laughs> fine, fine. You, hey everybody, it's a, a blurry Dave Steckos, and he's in charge of everything. Let's just sit back and let him entertain. By all means, proceed. <laughs> uh, no, it's uh, it's 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 a uh, actually a, a public house you can go to. Oh. And, and you can get yourself a drink and lis- listen to these idiots uh, just go on. It's. Uh, yeah. Uh, it's called Close Encounters of the Slurred Kind. Nice. I like that one. That's a really good one. You know, for um, people in the North who, whether for vacation or sometimes for work if they move, as they move through, if they were, say, going on a road trip through the South, mm-hmm. um, they're going to encounter a lot of different people. And at first it was really difficult for Northerners to 
quantify their experience? How do they, you know, to, to really make sense of who they were meeting? And so they were actually, after a while, able to develop a means by which, you know, how much did they interact with someone from the South and to what degree, you know, did you just see them from a distance? Did you talk to them? Did they, did they talk to you? You know, did they drug you? It's called the redneck scale. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Not the high neck. No. The redneck. The redneck scale. Uh. <laughs> Which is not to say every from this, everyone from the South is a redneck. I know that's not true, but I was trying to put together a pun on the fly. And you, no, you just, I get you. You got to paint with a broad brush to make a pun work. So sorry, everyone from the South and everyone from the North. Sorry. <laughs> Shut I'm, up. Shut summer, up. Sorry, I'm not you sorry. You know what's great about the South? What? We can appreciate a joke like that. Are you in the? Are you from the South? Yes, Kentucky is considered the South. Okay, have you heard me? I, no, I, have you I, heard me? No period. one thinks Kentucky is part of the North, but I don't know that I've ever associated with the South. I always felt like Kentucky it's not deep South. But. I've always just considered Kentucky to be sort of like its 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 own region. Mm. I don't know South. It's, a, it's I, a South. I, I can see that. I I don't. I just never thought it in those terms. But yeah, I get that. The deep South is Mississippi, Alabama, Georgia, things like that. Mississippi. Mississippi. Florida. Tennessee, South, you know, whatever. All right. Ohio? No. No. Indiana? No. See, I always no. considered Tennessee and Kentucky to be sort of like this Mid- kind of, mid-ground. Yeah, they're just kind of like their, their own territory. But that's just my own mind. Uh, I have uh, an ancient book of, of writings that uh, a lot of people uh, like to read and and draw a lot of conclusions from oh great it's just it's based on on people that uh, uh the person who wrote the book it's in in ancient times they they just saw a bunch of naked people running around um some of them were twirling i don't i don't know twirling hoops, always hoops twirling and, um they 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 were rolling ar- around in in big uh, wooden wheels things yeah. like that uh it was it was a sight to behold and a lot of people think that that, that there's something more to this uh, these stories than right what is told, but it makes a point to tell you that all the people that were doing this were naked, completely naked. Uh huh. It's the uh, Book of Estrichel. <laughs> Why do I get the feeling that that a whole section of the podcast was included so that you would have this pun? <laughs> <laughs> no, not at all. Not at all. As long as the cart followed the horse. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, them's puns. Them's puns. That's that. And now we look to the stars and wait for your ethereal messages to be dropped upon us. Messages. I did say messages. <laughs> I did. I don't know why I'm I'm getting real like I'm not slurzy. I'm just I, like I think it's it's by by proxy. Yeah. Like, I have not I have not had vicinity. I, yeah, I, you've had more Diet Coke than you have beer. Yeah, no, but I did have that really powerful margarita before I got here. Oh, there you go. I like to have margaritas. Listener Boom. on pigs, writing emails. <laughs> Up in the north is Lumberjack Nick. It's a big skillet you might have forgotten, so he had to strap pigs to his feet to grease it. Boom. 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 Lumberjack Nick. Welcome back, Lumberjack Nick. Nick says, hey, guys. Hey. Been loving the show. Haven't written in a long time. We know. I was just Been thinking busy. about it. He yep. says, "I know how that goes." We definitely know how that goes. He's moving to L.A. Nice. Wow. 
There's something that um, it's beautiful there that he's always been meaning to ask. It says, "What the heck is it that Stecco does for a living?" <laughs> Seems like every episode, Titanic Dave mentions a previous job that he's held, and there seems to be no consistency in a career path. <laughs> yeah. One time he mentioned that he worked in an antique store. Another time he mentioned he worked in Antarctica. <laughs> Actually, he mentions that one all the time. Yeah, I do. It seems he's done everything from being a swashbuckler to miming. Just curious. Uh, <laughs> and, then, and then he gives the obligatory, what is it the floor does? Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, I have had, uh, I, I get, I wouldn't say I get for it, but I, I have had a lot of dissimilar jobs. That's okay. true. Let, let me just run through it real quick. I worked. Boom. <laughs> boom. 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 Let's see. Boom. I worked construction for a while. I, uh, I did uh, entomology research. I was a, a, ma- a bouncer and a manager at a bar for a little while. I worked at an insurance company. I worked at and then uh, uh, bought into a, uh, a stone fabricating shop for a while. That was terrible. Um, I waited tables. I worked in Antarctica. I used to recover. I had a job for a while recovering corneas for transplant surgery. That was a real thing. Yeah, no, you're 100% right. I have no clear uh, career trajectory at all. Um, I have actually, for the last uh, eight years now, I am the director of exhibitions for a fine art and antiques uh, auction house. So I just make sure everything stays safe and just keep all the plates spinning. So, uh, yeah, so, you know, I've had... I just, I, and I know that I've forgotten things that I've done. <laughs> Some of the things I've done, I have had a ton of jobs. I've had mm-hmm. a lot of weird jobs here and there. And that's, that's where I go. I'm, I'm an adventure guy. I go where the adventure is. I go and do what I think is most interesting. Yeah. So I, yeah, that's it. That's yeah. my answer. Flora. I I've, I've done things that um, <laughs> I'm not proud of. I'm not like proud to- of. Uh, uh, no, I I've done things that, that I've, I've been given the opportunity to do more, more, truthfully like yeah uh i moved to chicago uh out of school after doing a theater internship um and i started working in hr for a parking garage company uh super exciting work you worked Um, at the 3m factory well i did that during high school i I wouldn't call that i I don't know well we talked if we're going back that far i talked about it for a while on a show i'm just saying it was actually pretty germane (laughs) Towards the end of um, of the parking garage, I, I actually drove a horse carriage downtown in Chicago. <laughs> That's awesome. And then I uh, uh, I worked at a Groupon in mm-hmm. customer service for a while. Hated it. <laughs> um, and now I, I'm a caretaker at a mansion on the Gold Coast in in Chicago. So, See? and and I do the podcast. I I really devote a lot of time to <laughs> doing the podcast when I can. Adventure, and I, we're know, adventurers. Yeah, and and yeah. I. We we both perform when we can here and there. And exactly. Sometimes that gives money, but most often, ninety nine percent of the time, <laughs> yeah, not nah. no way, brother. Nope. But it's fun to do. Yeah, I've always taken jobs that let me do what I want to do. Yeah, that's. I guess you know, if if you put a thread through all of that, I always do. I always pick jobs that let me do what I want to do. And by far, this is the most fulfilling that I've I've done. Yeah. I wouldn't call it work. <laughs> oh, so fancy there you go thank you nick thanks for uh, uh accent about us yeah thank you and uh you're gonna have a ton of fun in la and i strongly recommend go check out uh meltdown comics they have a shot they it's not only where they record a lot of the nerdist podcasts i mean like uh, chris hardwick's and things like that they have a shop in the back where they have comedy shows all the time 
Uh, they have a shop, a little stage in the back. That's what I meant. Mm. Uh, they have uh, art shows, comedy shows, uh, Harmontown, which we've talked about a bunch, is is, is recorded there every week. Mm-hmm. Um, if if you're just looking for a place to tap in where cool people are doing really fun, creative things, that's a great place to start. And uh, so, yeah, c- congratulations. Yeah, uh, good luck to you. Yeah, right back. Well, so what, what brings you to L.A.? What Are, are you a performer? Or, yeah, let least, us know. I don't recall you, if you talked about that. I think you're an artist. Yeah. So that's cool. Yeah, that's, let us know what you. It's what you always fun to to move to a new area. It's a lot of work. Don't get me wrong, totally. but it's 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 still fun. It's an adventure, and that's what I'm into. So well done. Well done. Don't forget to feed them pigs before because you got to <laughs> feed them between. Them. Yeah, yeah. Between. Got to get them fat, or or there's not not a good uh, viscosity. <laughs> <laughs> what do you got, Dave? Well, uh, fresh out of the Senate subcommittee on ethics, and with absolutely no indictment. And looks like he's going to duck all the charges of uh, vote rigging. <laughs> the duly elected zombie master. Oh, yeah. Bow down. Writes us a pun about the fountain of youth. I've heard of a small beverage company out of Florida that uses water sourced from a private well. They use this water with some added flavors like watermelon, strawberry, and key lime. Mm. People have been claiming they feel good, younger even, after getting uh, getting a drink from these machines. If you want to try some, look for restaurants featuring, featuring the soda fountain of youth. Oh. <laughs> oh. Nice. Oh. Uh. I got another one here from Zombie Master, and this is really interesting. Zombie Master's had quite an experience. I like how it does start like an erotic letter. I never thought this would happen to me. <laughs> My wife has a friend who I've been told has supernatural abilities. Ooh. <laughs> I know. The ability uh, to unzip your pants whoa, from a distance. Whoa. Hey. He's married, hey. dude. Well, married. Doesn't stop the power. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. So now, 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 now's where shit gets totally real. Okay. Zombie Master writes, um, even though he does uh, control a horde of undead flesh devouring monsters, He's a skeptic, yet this person in a phone call with himself and his wife was able to tell him things about himself that really only his wife knew. And she swears she never spoke to this person about these details, Um, but she was able to really describe some very specific things about him and his personality and some things, uh, how he reacts to things, what type of music, things like that that were really, really spot on, Hmm. Um, like beyond like oh that's kind of cool that you figured that out like like alarmingly correct okay he uses the phrase spooky correct cool um so he asked his wife about this person and uh, it turns out that she could hear things in a person's voice which she says is that clear audio also she could see things in person um but even just sending a picture would yield some results and she can see things up to six months in the future that are almost always correct I actually read this whole thing thinking it was a setup for a really great pun. It's not. This is just a true story. It's a real thing. Yeah. Um, so he says, I'm at odds with this. Unlike the other things that don't exist, like Bigfoot, jackalopes, or Republicans who care about America. <laughs> um, um, only because he's been a direct witness to these abilities that he's like, wow, that's, you know what? Hooray for things that like make you go, holy shit. Hmm. Keep us posted on, yeah. on, on, on what was foreseen and how that pans out. I... I don't want to go on, out on a limb too far uh-huh. to say but that we would gonna... like to talk to this person. Oh, I don't. I don't want to know anything about me or my future. Don't you though? Nope. To come on, like no. If somebody, if somebody was just they, they, we called them up and they were like, "Yeah, I can tell from your voice that X Y Z." No, 
having never, you know, have this being a total stranger. Do you remember when we did our tarot cards and you oh, pretty yeah. accurately called like the next couple months of my life? Sure. Because I'm know, awesome. Because you're awesome. I didn't like that. I didn't like it when it happened. I didn't like it as it yeah. was happening. And I didn't like it at the end looking back and going, wow, he was totally right. So, sometimes we don't like what happens in life. <laughs> well, that's, I'm but saying. we got to accept it. Yeah. I don't. I would know. You, you can talk I'll to the, it. Yeah, I'll talk to it. her. Oh, no, thank you. That's, that's, awesome. a, that's a hell of a cool story, though. Yeah. Thanks, Zombie Master. Thank you, Zombie Master. I uh, heard from listener Will. Hi, Will. Hello, Will. Will says, love the show. I thank you. I've gone through all the archive, most of it twice, since I was forced to listen to an episode by his wife, Stephanie. Nice. Hi. Hi, hi husband and wife duo. I love it when people force people to listen to our podcast. <laughs> now he can't wait for Tuesdays to come, uh, and, and, and these days, Wednesdays, but shut up, uh, so he can he can get his taste. <laughs> as long as he we'll does. Will get his taste. <laughs> he says, what, what do you need from us blurry photomen to turn this into a day? job well just keep doing what you're doing brother yeah that's it we just need spread a, the gospel army yeah that's all that's all we need from you guys by the way if you're looking for a pair of boots or a flannel that will last you an astonishing amount of time without ever looking old or wrote, worn down you should check out the fine goods at ll macrobian <laughs> nice well done that's a deep pun that's, I, I like i like the uh complexity of that pun See you on Twitter. Will! <laughs> Not World Wide West. I almost did it, but that's just Will. Bite your tongue, Will. <laughs> thank you, Will. Thank you, sir. And thank you, Stephanie. Yeah. For turning Will on to that and the podcast. Oh, I had to. Zing. We got an email from Danielle. Who? Danielle. <laughs> Some folks in Michigan might pronounce that Danelle. But really? They, they'd be wrong. Do they really? Really fucking wrong. Yeah. Tragically wrong. Like taking out behind. Says Danelle. Not even people in Kentucky say Danelle. Yeah. There's there's worse people than Kentuckians when it comes to diction. <laughs> Any hoodly, hey. Um, what a mighty phrase you just uttered. <laughs> <laughs> Did I just declare war on the no. home of my favorite beverage? <laughs> I almost said to know Danielle writes. So we were all fascinated with the Firth Van Dyke scale. Yeah. And we're wondering where Keanu Reeves playing Jonathan Harker in Bram Stoker's Dracula would rate. Excellent question. Yeah. I'm a few episodes behind and you may have already covered it as I'm sure you probably get that question a lot. Thanks, Danielle. <laughs> you Ooh. know what? It's definitely towards the Van Dyke end. He, I don't think he even registers. It's that bad, but I mean, but that's the thing. I mean, the the Firth Van Dyke scale is from the most erudite British accent, that being Colin Firth, to the world's most clanging bucket over the head being hit with a wooden spoon British accent, that being Dick Van Dyke in Mary Poppins. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. From what I remember, Keanu Reeves didn't really attempt a British accent, did he? Oh, yeah, he did. Did he? Oh, yeah. It's... Okay. pretty American. Well, that's the point. I think that's maybe that's what Daniel's asking. I would put it definitely. I would say, I would say you could probably fit seven actors between Keanu Reeves and Dick Van Dyke on that end of the scale. What? Who? In the history of bad British accents. Yeah. Oh, you're uh, going to have to 
Okay, that's a lot of people. Well, I know, but I, it's for because such I, because a bad people, accent. People f- up British accents pretty badly. I mean, and even it could be even Keanu Reeves in some other movie. <laughs> well, I mean, I'll tell you why. I, I, I mean, I can't, I can't give an exact position, but I would say definitely towards the Van Dyke end of the scale. I w- yeah, I would say close enough to be kissing on on Dick Van Dyke. Yeah. Well, the problem is, is that like it's a accent for lack of effort. Yeah, that's. I mean, you you weren't even sure. You know, it's. If I just speak softly enough, maybe this is an English accent. That's not a, you know, whereas like, that's what I love about Dick Van Dyke is Mary Poppins go bingly bing dong oh, yeah. the plane. Well, he, he, he aims for the target and then just like aims with, with a, a, a bazooka. Right. Yeah. But yeah, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Um, it's, it's tough because yeah. Do you, how do you rate a weak attempt? <laughs> Oh man, you can't even love it because it's so weak. You're right; it might not fall on the scale. It might not be scalable. Hmm. It's tough. Good question, Daniel. Good question, Daniel. Well Gosh. played. Uh, all right, Dave. We heard from Amy. Amy, why you gotta be so mean? Why does she get it? I think she might address that. She might. Well, <laughs> uh, she links us to a video um, about a CNN reporter that's attacked by a ghost. Uh, apparently in Pennsylvania, she lives in Pennsylvania, in Pennsylvania, considering visiting this place. She hasn't yet seen anything about ghosts that can't be explained by psychology or physics, but she's willing to be proven wrong, much like us. Yeah. Yeah. What? I don't know. Like, who knows? Yeah. Agreed. (laughs) Agreed. It's, it's fun. Go to it. See, see if you get, uh, you know. Yeah, cost it. <laughs> She's still catching up in archives. That's that's cool. That's cool and doable. Did we know that Dylan Thomas wrote a poem about one of our subjects? No, I didn't. Did you know that it's quite famous? He wrote, "Do not go back, Le Tepe, into that good night. Though sun should burn and rave at close of day, rage, rage against the burying of the site." <laughs> nice. Well done. That is that is powerful. That is compound. Yeah. Wordsmithery. Yeah, You should talk to Connor about that. (laughs) And she says she wouldn't describe herself as mean, but she'd probably be lying. (laughs) Amy, why you gotta be? Uh, She's got more. She's got more. Okay. Just listen to the EVP clip. Oh, the water slosh. The thing that we we found again that that disappeared and then we found. Uh, She says she's got a question. Okay. According to Wikipedia, Mm -hmm. yes, the gold standard of scholarly pursuits. It is. Paranormal claims for the origin of EVP include living humans imprinting thoughts directly on an electronic medium through psychokinesis and communication by discarnate entities such as spirits, nature energies, beings from other dimensions, or extraterrestrials. If we accept this, and she says she doesn't see why she should, but she'll allow it for this time, why is the water recorded? It's a really good point. How does the water imprint its sound? Does water have consciousness? Is this a homeopathic well? If it's the energy of the place, who says murder while they're killing someone? Huh. The whole thing just seemed really fakey. Why would an EVP have sound effects? Great point. Great points. Way to dive into that and, and uh, tear, it, tear it asunder. Yeah, debunked. Also, have we considered setting up a forum somewhere so she can bother all the other listeners 
rather than us <laughs> with wonder. Yeah. Kids. New, new website. We should have a, a forum going there and then we'd That'd have be fun. To, yeah. I, I wanna... think everybody would get along and have fun discussions. Oh man. I, you, no one on the internet gets along. I look forward to the moment we have to moderate it. Somebody's gonna be like, balls, balls, balls. You. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's a good point. That's it. That's also a fair point. Yeah. But I, that doesn't mean we wouldn't but, do it. Yeah. It's still worth doing. We can see. We'll, we'll, we'll think about it. Also sends a, a fun suggestion. Thank you, Amy. Uh, thank you again. She says thank you again for an excellent show. Well, we we love to do it for you. Damn right. <laughs> Damn right. And thanks for writing in. Yeah. All right. And rounding out this mailbag, uh, we got an email from Diane. Who? Diane. <laughs> <laughs> How we do it? All these people are by men. And- <laughs> <laughs> They're women. (laughs) Somebody told me that's how you get a song out of your head. Like if you just have the chorus of a song stuck in your head. Uh Like, hey, my God, be so mean by Menon. And that's supposed to to break the cycle. I don't know. Diane writes, uh, like your show. Thank you. Awfully nice of you. Even if your candy chat seems somewhat self-serving our candy chat because we're serving ourselves candy we're not (laughs) (laughs) yeah i feel like diane's the kind of person that goes to disney world and asks like tinkerbell like so where do you live where 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 are you from you got you got how are your parents (laughs) (laughs) what'd you study in school yeah exactly (laughs) everyone just goes how about a show about drones now, granted, this is from the uh, beginning part of April, so... When drones were hot. <laughs> drones were so hot then. Well, I think we touched on a little bit in our robots episode. We got mm. into some... Yeah, some, it's some true. Drone Throwing chat. rocks at drones. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. My personal response to drones, <laughs> um, she finds them disturbing. I'm pretty sure you two science heads could come up with something really rewarding for us all, right? Keep up the good world. Now, hang on. What? We're science heads. I'm a science butt. <laughs> Thank you very all much. All that ass is, is all about science. I got science thighs. It's hard for me to find pants that fit right. Uh, <laughs> uh, keep up the good work. I have my fingers crossed for the upcoming podcast awards. Well, and, and that's well, how far behind we are. Yeah. Thank you very Thank much you, for, yeah, for voting and working towards that end. And um, we won second place. So says yeah, I, because yeah, I don't again. know any better. <laughs> so I claim second place. Uh, ahead of Neil deGrasse Tyson. So thank you. Them's, uh, thank you, everyone who takes the time to, I know that we're a little, we're still I'm, there. I'm, I'm, I'm done. Every time yeah. I apologize, I can't, everyone gets it. Well, I'll tell you what, we might have a, a, a mailbag to clean up the, the dirty laundry and then oh, so the, maybe uh, not our, again. So our listeners. Shut uh, up, shut up, shut up, the, shut up. Just their letters are dirty laundry. Okay. You didn't you? shut up when I asked you to. So yeah. you, you, you really. Yeah. What? What I do, Flora. You, you connected the dots for them, so shut yeah. up. Yeah, um, silence me because I'm the voice of the people. Shut up, shut up, shut up, shut up. <laughs> you gonna pepper spray me? You gonna kettle me? It's too political for my taste, dude. You, you gonna kettle you? Wait, kettle? Yeah. What's kettle? Kettling. It's when I'm um, like when people protest and they they take they they put them into little tiny holding areas so they can be monitored and they don't get to be a kettling. It was a big deal during the the Occupy Wall Street. Yeah, I don't what know. A weird term. Go to Facebook, though, and like us. <laughs> Go to Twitter. Follow us on blurry underscore photos. Rate us five stars on iTunes. Yep. Donate to us, please. Yeah, do all those things. We appreciate things. that. Uh, don't forget uh, audible trial slash blurry photos. Get your free book. Get us a high five. 
and even as you listen to this, this is not a lie. And this is not a, oh, we hope this works out. T-shirts are being printed as you hear this. Multiple T-shirts are getting thrown out of a print shop into a box, lovingly folded by a chupacabra. (laughs) Yep, we hired a chupacabra. You know why? Because you donated to us and we (laughs) could afford it. That's right. We could afford it. You don't have to pay taxes on a chupacabra. (laughs) That's right. We could buy all the goats for it to suck. Yeah, those are easy. So, yeah, so as soon as Flora's back from Ireland. Yeah. Is that where you're going? That's that's where I'm going. That's where I am right now. As soon as Flora's back, we cry havoc and let loose the dogs of commerce. (laughs) And those dogs are all wearing a blurry photo shirt. Also, we are very near announcing our live show date. Yes, we are. So great. So Um, look for all that in the future. But for now, look for part two of the alien taxonomy where we actually taxonomize aliens. (laughs) Where we make good on the lie that was the first episode. (laughs) Anyways, for this episode of Blurry Photos, I have been David, close encounter of the Floreth kind. Nice. And I have been Dave, this episode's sober driver, Stecco. I'm just, I'm just getting worse and worse. Getting worse and put, the, put those middle finger guns away. Put those middle finger guns away. Stop giving me the middle finger double barreled into the face. <laughs> Flora, Flora, don't let him take me away. Well, sorry, shoot the double barreled finger. <laughs> Give me the finger. Bye, <laughs> Bye human.